0: And now he's a producer too of my podcast.
1: Ooh. <laughs> How is that working? Uh working with your significant other.
0: It's good. Actually, uh, he kicks my butt because he'll come <laughs> at me like you have something that no one else has. So you want to treat this like a hobby or a business? I'm like, damn. damn. He comes at me. That's dope. That's good. He yeah. That. So he he's on it and he's great. So See. if I'm in a funk, he's like, I'm sorry, we don't have time for that. Let's go.
1: <laughs> my wife will be like, cause I, I I fuck up my words sometimes. She'd be like, stop sounding so dumb. God, <laughs> you don't know how to say that word. Sometimes. <laughs> I'm always so- talking. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> um but yeah, it's it's good. Um
1: all right. how long do we have with you?
0: As long as you want.
1: Perfect.
2: Until she gets a call.
0: That's right. Don't I told my, my sergeant. Everybody leave me alone. Don't call me. <laughs> You're Ventura PD? Ventura PD.
2: Nice.
1: So Ventura PD, does that also mean like you work with like sheriffs and stuff? Like everybody?
0: Yeah, so well, sheriffs will take care of all the, like the perimeter of the the county. And then we're just city. Okay. So anything that happens within the city. I know county just had a really gnarly homicide. I think right before Christmas. We lucked out.
1: What about the one that, the shooting at, uh. Collection. Do you know anything about that?
0: No, that's OPD. Um, <laughs> the fourteen-year-old
1: who died, right? Something like
0: that. Did he die? Oh,
2: someone died. Yeah, oh, I don't know that. Yeah,
1: my I dad d- told me. I, he saw. I mean, look, he heard. He saw it on Facebook, and you know, but it's supposedly a fourteen-year-old. Yeah,
0: Damn. that's sad. Yeah, wow. I, I saw someone. Um, I think it was Christmas morning. Said, "Hey, or Christmas Eve, there's a shooting at the collection. What's going on? Is it an active shooter? I looked into it, and it wasn't an active shooter, but more of a dispute in the parking lot. But I didn't know that. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. too bad. We just had a stabbing um uh, and that yeah young kids it and i got to watch like yeah it's bad Damn. all bad Nick, you yeah, good
1: oh oh <laughs> i've been recording for two minutes so it works out i like to i like to like pre-record just random shit you never know
0: yeah you never know
2: that's true
1: i'm okay
2: i'm yeah. okay thank you i've
1: already had two today No, Otis.
2: two that's rookie numbers
1: yeah, but then I also had pre workout, and so Get my, my, eye, my eye gets all like. That's right.
0: <laughs> I have my ketones and my coffee, so I'm on a good one. So, ke-
1: ketone has caffeine as
0: well? Yeah. They do nah. decaf oh. or caffeinated. I yeah. do the ke- ca- caffeinated one.
1: I dig it. Huh. Live. All right. Ding, ding, ding. Let's fucking do it. What's up, everybody? This is Big Pep, and welcome once again to Pep Talk. Another great episode. I got my co-host Juan Ramirez here today. Juan, how you
2: feeling? I'm feeling great. How you doing?
1: I'm feeling beyond great because this is something out of our uh, definitely out of our nature. We have a amazing an amazing guest because she is a crime scene investigator. Like something out of a movie. Yeah, you know, it's like it's super nutty. CSI. Yeah, CSI. We've been talking about it for the past like. I was, I was like, is she going to come? Is she not? What's going on? Is there going to be like a homicide as soon as she drives over here? But luckily,
2: everything's cool. We could have turned it into a different uh, pep talk video, a vlog, and we just go into the crime scene with her. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Everybody, please welcome
1: Gabrielle Weimer, crime scene investigator, and also the founder and the host of the Walls Do Talk podcast. Give it up for her. What up?
0: Uh, What up? Thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you?
1: I'm very excited. (laughs) To be honest, I'm like, I'm like cheesing just because this is such an exciting uh, day because this is, you're not a, anybody from the music world, you're not somebody from like the investment world, you know, we've been having so many different type of uh, guests. You solve cases.
0: Yes. Yes. I get to help solve some pretty cool cases. So. How the
1: hell did all this even start? Uh,
0: since I was young, I've always loved like investigations and science, little little kid. And um, I've been fortunate enough to just be on that track through you know my early years, high school, college, and I've just stuck with it, and I've loved every step of it.
1: So I was I was asking Juan earlier, you know, when I mean when I was younger, I was like, oh, I want to be an astronaut. Um, most girls are like, I want to be, i don't know, be a nurse, or I want to go to school, or whatever. What, uh, where did, where did, where did this come from?
0: You know, um, I've shared this story before, but when I was young, uh, our cat died. I was like five, and we buried her in my grandma's backyard. And I turned and looked to my mom and said, hey, can we come back and dig her back up like in a week? (laughs) (laughs) And my mom was like, no, no, not at all. But I was fascinated. I wanted to know like what happens to the body. Um, So science, I was fascinated with investigations. Like I love the game Clue. Uh, When I got into high school, that's when they were able to kind of offer like some courses in law enforcement. And you worked hand in hand with police officers, understanding how they solved crimes. And I was hooked. Like, so being able to apply science and an investigation together, I was like, yep, that's what I want to do. Crime scene investigator.
1: So even like growing up when like, you know, you're, you're in middle school, high school and you're dissecting frogs and all that shit, like you didn't get freaked out ever. No,
0: not at all. But you know, it's weird. I'm um, dissecting frogs, looking at dead bodies, cadavers during anatomy class. Totally fine. Um, looking at someone who's alive and bleeding. I, nope. Couldn't do it. I'll mm. pass out with live. What blood.
1: do you, what do you mean? Like, like if somebody like has like a, like a. Like blood coming out of like their kidney or something?
0: Yeah. Like um, we're just, you know, we had a story. My grandmother, my aunt calls me. She says, hey, can you go over to your grandmother's house? She fell. She hit her head. She says she's fine. I'm like, yeah, I'll go check on her. So I get there and she's like, oh, hi, miha. I'm like, I'm just here to check your head. And she's like, oh, it's fine. And she had a bandana wrapped around her head. I'm like, let me just take a look. So I, I pull it back. And her scalp, like the blood is doing one of these pulsing oh. things. And I, I'm like, oh, grandma, we got to go to the hospital. You need stitches. And so we get there and the doctor pulls off the bandana again. And it's just trickling blood. And I'm right there. Oh and God. I just, yeah. <laughs> and my grandma's like, I'm fine. Yeah, Why are
2: Hispanic moms and grandmas like this?
0: I don't know. She's like, I'm fine. I'm like, you are not fine. And, uh. The doctor looks at me. And he's like, "You gonna be okay?" Because I started to turn pale. I started. Oh, she's sweating. talking. He's asking you. If I'm and my grandma, yeah, my grandma looked at me. She's like, "Are you kidding me?" I'm like, "I gotta go to the bathroom. I'll be back." That's when I discovered like I will pass out with live people. Someone who's alive and bleeding, it's I can't do it.
1: How are you with the uh, with like with shots?
0: Shots don't bother me. I'm okay with that. Um, when I have to get my blood drawn, like I turn away. I do not mm. want to see the blood going through that little Jeez. tube. But but your head cut off. I'm okay, because <laughs> your, I, I you're not feeling any pain anymore. I think that's what it is for me. So,
1: so I did my research. Right, uh, born in Watsonville. Yes, and then San Diego State Aztec.
0: yeah Aztec. All right.
1: So, in college, what degree did you or what field did you end up like going into? Like, did you first think like I'm going into I don't even know the right word. Um, yeah, I wouldn't know either. It, like a science. It, yeah, right? is, it, is it science, and then it leads, and then it leads to like uh, crime investigation.
0: So you could either go two ways. I did the criminal justice route. Okay. Because I mm. looked at organic chemistry and I was like, nope. So <laughs> um, I was intrigued with law. So I did criminal justice, and um, after that, earning a four-year degree, I did a two-year degree at a college, um, Grossmont College. that had an amazing forensic technology program. So yeah, it was a natural progression. Got my BS in criminal justice and then a two-year degree in forensics after that
1: damn and then right when you got right when you got your your uh your degree did you go straight into the the work the like the field the work field or did you get an internship somewhere
0: i did um so and my last year at san diego state i was able to apply for an internship it was with san diego pd and um it wasn't actually in their crime lab it was with their cold case homicide unit and was absolutely amazing um we were brought in to look at all their cold cases and kind of write synopsis because they were putting together a cold case website to get, you know, the public involved to see if they can start solving some of these unsolved murders.
1: So a cold case is something that's not solved? Something that's not Hmm. solved
0: and it's probably been unsolved for quite some time. Usually, you know, like after three years, five years where every avenue, every lead has been exhausted and they cannot find anything else, then they deem it like a cold case. They'll treat it as, as such and it kind of just, it's cold. It just sits there.
1: Is it how is there usually like a good percentage that like they never see the light of day again?
0: Um, you know i I don't know the answer to that actually because you never know. Like a lot of people, somebody knows something out there, and it just it may take two years, five years, twenty years. But information, you know, between science and someone actually finally speaking, these cases get solved. Jeez. Well, there was
2: there was a murder that got discovered recently. Oh, the Zodiac. And he had like a homie on Facebook and he has like pictures with them and they're hanging out and stuff. So he obviously must've known. There's no way he didn't know. (laughs)
0: Right. It's true. Like, um, there, we we had one recently. Um, Oh no, we had a mother come up and you know, she's like, you know, my son was murdered here in the County in the County a few years ago. And you know, are you guys doing anything? And it was during a citizen's Academy. We have a citizen's Academy with, uh, Ventura city, and it's where people from the public can come in and learn about the police department, like how we operate and all the different units and what their tasks are. And she pulled me to the side and she said, you know, my son was murdered and I wasn't aware of the case. It had happened before I got there. And, um, what do you, what do you say to that? You know, what do you say to a mother that's like, are you doing anything? Are you familiar with it? What else can I do? And Jeez. I just said, you know, I said, in my experience, it will, something's going to come of it. You, It just takes time. It could be tomorrow. It could be two years from now. It could be 10 years from now, but just have patience you know
1: and has anything come up anything happened yet? still unsolved okay
0: but they're working it so Jeez. yeah
1: so you you get into uh what was the title again after you got after you, you got a uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for uh, internship internship after college and what was your first case
0: my first case in my internship or out of my internship in, in job? Your internship in my internship, first case in my internship. Gosh, I'm trying to think, um, with the cold case unit, it was first memorable case. Um, when I actually got to submit evidence was for a cold case homicide. Um, this young guy was stabbed to death and it was over, I think 35 years old and it had been unsolved. And so my Sergeant at that time said, Hey, I need you to start looking at these cases. Look for cases where a crime or a murder had happened indoors. Mm -hmm. And I want you to focus in mid eighties. And the reason for that is because in the mid eighties, that's when DNA started popping off before Mm -hmm. that DNA was not even a factor. Like they weren't considering it. They weren't testing it. That's it. So we came across this case where a guy had been stabbed, you know, over 30 times, 40 times inside his apartment. It was very, very brutal. So I saw that and I said, hey, this might be perfect. We started digging through it and we discovered that there was a bloody palm print that had been turned in as evidence. So back then, the palm print was ran through um, the APHIS system. It's a fingerprint database, but no hits. But that was in the 70s, right? But the DNA was never tested. So we thought, hey, let's let's run this again let's run the blood from the palm print and then let's actually run the thing like the print from the palm print again and see what happens
1: yeah
0: all right cool sent it off and actually left that unit went into a different one and a few months later i get a call from the sergeant saying you never guess what we uh got an identification to our suspect huh. we lived out in texas and it was oh, i was like oh shit Thirty-five years later. Thirty-five years later, and I'm like, "Are you?" He's like, "It's this guy in Texas. He actually killed somebody in Texas too, and that's why he's in the oh. system."
1: Oh, so he was already locked up.
0: He wasn't locked up. Is Texas? So he uh, got acquitted on that, on those charges as self-defense. He shot and killed wow. his neighbor.
1: Yeah. Holy shit! And it so, was
0: deemed self-defense, and he was out free. But because of that incident. I think it was in the 90s, his DNA got put into gotcha. the system and his fingerprints got put into the system.
1: So then did he get arrested right away after you guys saw the case?
0: So he was much older. I think he was in his late 60s okay. at that time. Um, detectives like you can't immediately like, go over there and rush, but um, they ended up getting a warrant, you know, for questioning and for his arrest and the involvement of the murder. They flew out to Texas and he was like a normal dude and he had a family. He had grandchildren. He was married. Oh, shit. And, um, so they picked him up. They said, do you know why we're here? He said, yes. And, uh, they brought him back, they extradited and brought him back to California to stand trial. Um, but they spoke with his wife and they spoke with him and he admitted to doing it, but he said, you know, um, it was, I did it out of fear that our victim, he, you know, he coerced me, he tricked me, he, I was going to say, he said that he sexually assaulted me, and mm-hmm. that's why I just went into a rage and stabbed him so Damn. many times hmm. to get away from him. We're like, well, but why'd you steal his car and his equipment and all his other stuff? Like, Damn, yeah, yeah. You know, that doesn't sound like you're running for your life. Um, but he was actually, um, it was a mistrial. He was deemed incompetent to stand trial due to health conditions, and he actually passed away not too long ago. Wow. Yeah. But, I mean, it, still, at that whatever the outcome was the family was still very relieved, very grateful like they finally knew like yeah just to who, know yeah who yeah. killed who killed our brother and they finally were able to find out
1: so. i also look at it on the other side of it is i wonder how like his family felt like thinking like this is my dad my grandpa being like so happy go lucky you know right we go to we go to church and and, and breakfast on sundays This motherfucker killed two people.
0: Right. And I think it was a dispute. He must have had a short fuse, like, obviously, right? Yeah. Um, Personally, what I think went down for the original case, for our case in San Diego, like, our victim, he might have been gay, invited him back to his place, and our suspect knew damn well, like, what he was going back to the place for. It was, like, consensual. But the whole time, I think he knew that, Um, I'm not here, you know, to be intimate with this man. I'm here to rob him. And then he killed him. Mm. Um, I think that's exactly what happened. So our victim just got taken by surprise, unfortunately. And, uh, it sounded like the Texas case, you know, same thing popped off. Like he just snapped and shot his neighbor, shot and killed his neighbor. So uh, short fuse. So the family, I mean, you know, they probably were like, Oh, you know, this is grandpa, but being married to that man for so long, she must've known he had like a a short fuse. Yeah, Something's off there.
1: Wow.
0: You got to see something. You have to.
1: You have to. Unless he's a, he's a really good actor, but All Right. Um so when you when you graduated from from the university was your first job in San Diego or did you end up transferring elsewhere?
0: All right. So yeah, after my cold case internship, yes. I was able to transfer into the crime lab and intern with the crime scene investigators themselves. And that was amazing. I guess, still in San Diego. Still in San Diego. Okay. Yeah. So with San Diego PD um, I was with them for almost two years interning and I got to see a lot. It was, I had hands-on experience. I got to process evidence. I got to go to autopsies. I got to be right there at the homicides with the investigators. So after about a year and a half, I felt, okay, I'm ready to start applying in the you know the real world. Yeah. And try and get a job. So I applied everywhere and I ended up getting hired with Torrance PD. That was my first gotcha. official job paying job as a crime scene investigator.
1: What was your first, when you got hired for like Torrance, what was your first, like, ha-ha moment, like, Like holy shit, like, I'm really here getting paid to do this, and it's, like, a corpse or something, like, what was the first, like, this is really what I do?
0: Um, so, the first, we had, what did we, ha- oh. Oh, so, so how old were you? Gosh, I was, at the time, trying to think back, 24?
1: Wow. Huh. Oh, you were young. That's yeah, crazy. Twenty four, twenty yeah. five.
0: 25. Yeah, so going through the steps like inter, you know, graduating from college and interning, and then yeah, by the time you go through the background process for any agency, it was like eight months. It was a long time. So I finally got hired, and I was about yeah twenty four, twenty five. And um, my first, my first aha moment. It's funny because um, you kind of get cradled, uh, like treat, you know, baby gloves. They they send you out to. Um, Someone's house got broken into or someone's car got broken into. It's like, okay, I can handle that. Like I can do fingerprints. I can do DNA. And then you get that opportunity where it's like, you're going to handle your very first homicide as a lead. So here you go. Let's see what you got. And I remember that scene very vividly. Cause it was a aha moment and an oh shit moment. Like hmm. they're looking at me to take charge. And, uh, it was this guy he got uh, beaten to death. They shoved him in a trash can, put him in the back of a truck, freaked out, fled, um, and, you know, freaked out and just decided to park the truck in a parking garage. And, yeah, it was a body dump. So, that was my very first major year handling it.
1: And how long was the body in that trunk until yeah. so it was found?
0: It wasn't, it wasn't, it was fresh.
1: Okay. It was, yeah. Oh, so they killed him and then they put him in the body, they, the yeah. in the bag. And, okay.
0: They killed him. Um he's a big dude. They killed him, um shoved him in a trash can, threw him in the back of the truck and took off. And they're like w- I don't know where the hell they thought they were headed, but they freaked out and decided to pull off in Torrents, <laughs> parked the truck Man. in a parking garage and left. And left him with his butt sticking out in the air.
1: So, when you find when you found the body, what made it what 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 made it be like the aha, aha moment for you?
0: Um so it was an um, Whenever you have a, this is the first thing, like we had no clue who did this. Okay. So when it's a it, that's a big, that's a big like, oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Because usually you get like a murder suicide or you know, it's like an estranged lover or domestic violence. Okay. You know who your suspect's going to be. We had no idea who he was, why he was killed and who did it. So at that point, it's like you, like everything just stops. And the smallest little detail is maybe your most important detail. Um, so that, that in itself was, um, was nerve wracking because yeah. I'm like, I don't want to miss a thing. Like I, you know, I don't want to miss a thing. So, um,
2: You probably have to step back and take a moment to like not fuck anything up. I'd almost not want to touch anything. I'd be like, Oh fuck.
0: Yeah. I had to take a moment to be like, let me just go back to the van. I got to get my equipment. And it was like, oh, you, you can do it. Pull your shit together. woman.
1: <laughs> and I'm sure you also have to, you, I'm sure you also have to delegate and be like, Nobody touch my, my don't touch my shit. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. Like, um, and it's never a solo job. Like this job is great. You have to be able to work in a team setting and it's, you have people there that are willing to help, but you need to be a leader at times and give directions. So yeah. it's like, okay, right. I'm doing photography. You're doing this. I need you to stand here. Hold this for me. Collect that. Um, and it, it, it all came together, but that, that scene was definitely an aha moment. Um, when we finally figured out where our individual was killed who probably might have done it, we get to the location to start doing a search, right? And we found out that um, he was beaten to death in this backyard of this huge backyard. It's like a junkyard. Mm-hmm. We found out that he was finally beaten to death out there. And um, so we're searching all day, searching, 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 and we're not finding anything. And we're frustrated because we know it happened here, but we just need something. We need anything, just tie our victim to that location. Um, we need physical evidence. So anyways, you know, we're about to give up um and you can hear about the episode in my podcast, but we're about to give up and I kind of just take a step back cuz I'm like oh shit, we're not finding anything. And I look and I see this little tiny sesame sized drop of blood. Well, it's like a brown mark and it's on this um boat ramp thing. And I'm like, is that blood? I, th- you know, I think to myself, I'm like, fuck yeah, it looks like blood. So I call everyone over. Hey, take a look at this. I think that's blood. And the other scientist there was like, that is not blood. I'm like, yes, it is. Just swab it. Please entertain me right now. We don't have nothing. Just swab it. So they collected it. And two weeks later, sure enough, we found out it was our uh, victim's blood. Only piece of evidence, physical piece of evidence that we had linking him to that location. And uh, that was an aha moment. Like, hell yeah. (laughs) I found it. That's nutty. Yeah, there was so much more to that scene, but oh, I'm sure. But I'm good. sure. I'm sure. There's
1: so much more to like your, every single story you have. You yeah. know what? After all these years that you've done this, because you've been doing it now for how many years? Uh,
0: about 12 years now.
1: 12 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you desensitized to now? Ooh,
2: nice word. Right.
0: I like that. My wife helped me out with that word <laughs> this morning. Good one. <laughs> um, people think you would be desensitized to the smell. Nope, it still smells disgusting. It still hits me like a ton of bricks. It still takes me about ten minutes to uh get over the smell. Um I think seeing gore, the graphic nature of it, that's what I'm desensitized to. Not who the individual is or why they were killed or that that, that they were killed. Not that, but just like, yeah, if I saw a head blown off with a shotgun, it's going like, oh damn. Have you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've seen a lot, unfortunately. But um that doesn't doesn't freak me out it doesn't you know that um i'm desensitized to the carnage Jeez. i'm desensitized <laughs> to the amount of blood shed um but I'll,
2: you would say the the smell of the blood is something that still yeah or the smell of the, a deceased the body the smell of yeah.
0: it, i mean you're just never going to like you recognize it for sure it's never like oh it's not bad you're like fuck yeah that's bad It's just like <laughs> shit <laughs> i hate it <laughs> i had a scene once actually um We get called to this lady's apartment and there's flies all over her window. That's a telltale sign. You ever see somebody's house or walking by a window and there's tons of flies on the window. Something's dead in there. Some, it could be an animal, but it's most likely a human. So, you know, people are like, Oh, we haven't seen her. I'm like, well, yeah, build up of flies. So we, we open the door, we get into her apartment and the apartment's empty except for a couch and like the fold out bed but there's no mattress on it. It's just the frame and there's the lady and she's mummified. She's been there for like two weeks probably. And she's covered in maggots and it just reeks. It reeks bad. But the interesting thing about that case, there was like, it looked like the apartment was empty, like not a single fork, lint ball sheet, piece of clothing, nothing. And so we're like, what the hell's going on? The apartment manager's like, no, she lives here. She's lived here for years like but there's nothing here nothing and um so we're just like are Are you sure this is her this is a body dump what's going on here come to find out she had mental illness and oh. when her we got a hold of her ex-husband when she did go through an episode she would throw away everything so she literally um i think she starved to death yeah uh-huh. she threw she was just um, having an episode stuck in her apartment and threw away every scrap of food, clothing, anything. And so that made sense, right? But we stayed in that that apartment with the door shut, with the body for a long time. So at the end, of course, it's lunchtime. And we're like, we're hungry. Let's go get Mexican food. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let's go. And uh, we go and I'm going to be fancy. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get the seafood enchiladas, you know? And uh, <laughs> I start to take a bite and I'm like, mm-hmm. I can do it. And they're like, what's wrong? I'm like, a taster in the back of my throat. Like, Holy oh. shit. <laughs> and they're like, are you, that's what you get for ordering crab and shrimp after a dead hummus, you know, a scene or whatever. And it was bad. Like, oh. I don't know how to else to describe that, but you know, nose and taste, yeah. everything's right. connected. And I could literally taste her in the back of my throat. And oh, I didn't eat my enchiladas. I haven't had sea- seafood enchiladas ever since then. I'm like, no. Oh
2: my God. <laughs> All right, so we were just talking about senses, like stuff you can't do anymore. Like now, you say you can't eat. Uh, what is it? Seafood enchiladas? Yeah, no, those just fuck mm-hmm. you up now. Yeah. So you got your five senses. What are they? Sight, sound, touch, taste, smell. Yeah. Yeah. See, I remember it all. <laughs> uh, what's what's one you use the most when you go to a crime scene?
0: Definitely sight. Yeah, obviously. Obviously, but, right? Yeah. Um, sight and smell. Smell, yeah. Smell is huge. I smell everything. I'm just weird like that. Like I will smell everything, but it 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 um, shows you a lot. It tells you a lot. Um, I walk into a car that's been broken into. I'm like, mm-hmm. I smell cigarettes, and they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, well, probably smoke. I'm like, Time out. So I go ask the owner. You know, do you smoke cigarettes? Absolutely not. I'm like, Okay, good. I'm looking for a cigarette butt now right. nearby because suspect was in there. You know, crackhead smoking away, ruffling you know, r- rummaging through your stuff. Um, smelling dead bodies you If it's a very pungent smell Okay, obviously they've been there a long time mm-hmm. You smell vinegar Okay, maybe there's heroin present You know, different, different stuff And then I also say there's a sixth sense That's a crime scene yeah. That just you um, You don't see dead people But <laughs> you develop <laughs> you it, it yeah. it's, a, it's an energy It's a stepping back And taking it all in And when something doesn't feel right Something doesn't sit right with you You can't explain it your eyes aren't saying that doesn't look right you know or you don't it just it's a feeling that you develop over time if you're Mm -hmm. a good crime scene investigator it's your intuition your gut feeling you go for it Uh, you document it for whatever reason it just feels out of place and you never know Um, Mm -hmm. months later it it could be the key to solving your case
2: yeah is there um is it true because i've seen in like crime scene shows and stuff like they say uh what is it coffee covers up Mm -hmm. the smell of Blood death something? Perfume? <laughs> I don't know. Coffee? How? I've always heard coffee is the one.
0: Well, yeah. Um, You'll see. Like, I was talking earlier, like, say, put Vicks Vapor Rub or Essence of Orange. Yeah. Coffee. I don't like to smell. I rather just give me the death smell. Uh, yeah. Unless someone's trying to hide the body. I don't know. But I never want to associate something True. that I love with the smell of rotting flesh. Because then it just, done. Kills yeah. it for me. So.
2: Yeah, that would be awful. Do you, do you, do you, <laughs> you
1: ever... Do you ever um find it difficult to shut off the crime scene investigator part of your life? For instance, like off off camera we we're talking about, you're married with kids, like do you ever go home and you know you walk in and you're like cigarettes. What's the smell? Like I do, I, do you know how to like turn it like is it hard for you to turn the shit off or usually or is it or can you can you kind of like live your life without thinking like something's going on. My sixth sense is fucking like my spider senses, you know? Right. Yeah. Um,
0: It's a balance for sure. So there's, there's two ways I can kind of explain that. I think not a negative way, but if I'm working a really um, involved um, high intensity, high stress homicide scene, usually that, you know, I've been engrossed in for a week. Like when I come home, I'm um, stressed the fuck out yeah. because I'm just mentally drained. I'm physically drained. And so sometimes it's hard for me to switch that off. Um, but you know, my husband, he's great in the sense like they do all they can to help me decompress, like giving me my space, quiet time, shower time. He's on my butt. He's like, did you work out? Are you eating healthy? Are you drinking water? Cause it's all like flushing that high intensity out of my system. Right. So that would, I would say that's the hardest part to shut it off those those kind of situations, Um, but the other stuff, no, I think it's a gift in a sense. Like it never bleeds into mommy or wifey. Yeah. Um, But I think it's a gift. Anybody that works in investigations or in my line of work, like you have that spidey sense. Like you were given this knowledge, so don't ever turn it off. I'm always more aware, I feel, than the average person, whether I'm at home or in public, and I'm not like paranoid, like what's going on. Yeah. But I am observant. I never take my ops. Like I'm, I'm observant of everything detail and you can, you can sense like something's about to go off or check out that that's kind of funky over there. My husband's like, how did you notice that? I'm like, he didn't see it. He's like, no, not in a million years would I ever look at a situation that way? But, um, but so I'm, it's more of a blessing, but it's not like a negative thing.
1: But on the other side of it, do you ever get kind of annoyed when like people are like, you know, like, something must something must be happening well gabriella knows she it's like it's like i know like i know like uh first like my wife she's a therapist and every time like if my dad and her are talking my dad will look at her and be like i know what you're doing i know you're trying to s- analyze me da, da, da. my brothers do the same thing like it's like no we are right. just having a conversation like do, yeah do people get, like, get that way with you
0: so yeah people will um especially because i live in oxnard but i don't work in oxnard you know it's like hey, do you know what's going on in the street over here? I'm like, no, I have no clue. I don't know, but you're fine. It's probably fine. And if not, I'll hear about it with you tomorrow on the news. Um, but yeah, I get phone calls all the time. Uh, legal phone calls too. They want like interpretation of the law. Like, hey, this happened to my cousin. You know, is that okay? Or what should they do? Um, so yes, I get it a lot. Or what do you think about that case? You know, in the news or am I? Like, oh, she did. Yeah. Like, really, I'm like well, this <laughs> is my personal opinion, but she's dead, you know. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I get it a lot. They, oh, they're you know they're fascinated. They want to ask questions. Oh, I'm sure. And, hey, I got pulled over. What can I do? I'm like not talk on the phone next time. I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, you were talking about balance? What is your best like coping skill? like when you went like, like let's just say when you're home and you're like you know your, your your husband's obviously on top of you but like what do you not I mean but you know like taking care of you what exactly <laughs> what, <Yeah>. ex- <laughs> what exactly is your like your regiment
0: my regiment okay definitely um when i have to shout out Ventura Police Department because we have a peer support team that I'm a part of
1: shout out to, uh, yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I absolutely love the peer support team and mental health. So what what do they do for you? So definitely, um, when we have a high intense um, situation that we've been involved in, whether it's our dispatchers, crime scene investigators, police officers, SWAT team, detectives, whoever had hands on this case, whether it's a car accident involving you know multiple fatalities or a young child dies or we have a homicide.
1: Are you allowed to speak on an example by chance?
0: Um, Let me see. I can't, know because I'm sworn okay. as to, you know, the privacy of them, but I can, I can kind of give you what it looks like, sure. what it means. Um, my first time walking into this, um, we had a, yeah, so we had a major scene happen. It was a murder suicide. It was a individual, um, she called in and her boyfriend is firing multiple rounds, um, inside the house and she's hiding in the closet. So it's like a hostage negotiation kind of uh, situation. And we were unable, I say we, the department, the officers, the SWAT, we were unable to get to her in time. Um, Ultimately, she died. Um, And then the gentleman turned around and shot himself in the head. Highly dynamic scene. Um, To me, I wasn't involved in that whole negotiation process. I just come and there's two bodies dead. To me, it's not a high-profile, high... Uh, stressful because situation because i'm like okay that's my dead person that's my murder i don't have to worry about missing you know key pieces of evidence everything is right here this is a non-stressful scene for me um a week later i was new to the apartment so a week later after this happened they're like hi we have a uh, debriefing you need to come it's not an option we would like you to come no it's you need to come i'm like oh okay cool like i'm sure i've never been to a debrief let's do it i get there and we're in the room and there's almost like 20 to 30 people in this room from dispatchers to the SWAT, to crime scene people, to detectives, to the police officers that were on scene. Anybody that was involved in it was there and it was an opportunity. And we had a therapist there. So it was an opportunity for everybody to talk about what they did, how they were involved in the scene. And then we went around the room again and how it uh, affected them in what ways. Some people were perfectly fine with it. Like, Hey, you know, it is what it is. I'm okay. Okay. Other people were very expressive of like this one fucking sucked and this, these are the things that I'm feeling. I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating. Uh, you know, just sharing all the trauma that they've experienced due to this scene. So it was very helpful. Um, then you had feedback from the therapist and it was very helpful because for people that were experiencing these things, um, they saw, Hey, Hey, they are too. Like, I'm not weird. Like they're experiencing this as well. And so you're able to hear other people's stories. You're able to hear their coping mechanisms. And then we're also fed like, don't drink alcohol right now. Make sure you're drinking lots of water. Make sure you're working out, learning about that adrenaline dump, getting rid of all that extra in your body, building your serotonin. So it's a very informative for people that have never experienced yeah. any type of therapy or i um, just healthy brain activity, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's kind of like a touch on the peer support. Like, how do you decompress? So our department's on it. Like every major scene that we have, that happens.
1: So do, do you brought it up because it's an option, or do you go often? Or
0: um, so. Every time you we have a big scene that you're part of, is not an option. You have to go. Okay. You don't have to share, but you have to listen, which I think is equally as helpful. Yeah. And then they just established a mental health program where once a year you do have to do a check-in. You have to sit with the therapist for one hour and uh, you can talk or you can't talk. Whatever you want. But um, they just established that for law enforcement, personnel, dispatchers, and crime scene people. Nice. So, so yeah, that's how like my regiment. Yeah, so I, was- I incorporate all that. Like I'm a talker. I love to talk and so I have no problem sharing like oh this one sucks and it hurts or I'm pissed like how could someone do that fuck them Um, and Adam my husband he's great he listens and then I'll go I love showers like that's my jam I will take like an hour long shower and I just meditate in there I cry in there whatever I need to do just relax my body in there center myself and then of course workout eat good food all that so that's my regimen
1: In that, because I also have heard through the grapevine that you're also a big music head. Yes, I love music. So, if you're winding down, if you just got done doing, all right, scenario. Bring it. You just got done doing a week-long fucking crazy um, case, right? You're driving home. What's the first song that's going to go on?
0: First song that's going on, okay, I love like bass, R&B. My husband calls it Trap. But I know I need to like calm it down. Yeah, and so he makes fun of me. But I love Fleetwood Mac. Like, Fleetwood Mac. I love. <laughs> like if I need to calm down and just <laughs> you know Fleetwood Mac, I will put it on. Okay. It.
1: and that's and that's that's the drive home. Now you get home and you know you're 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 gonna you're gonna meditate. You're gonna listen to music while you're showering. What's what's the song?
0: <laughs> I'm in. Oh my god, this is a hard one. I'm in the. I, if I put music on, I'm showering. Okay, um, because I'm in, like, my meditation spa. Have you heard of, she's a Spanish artist, Chamboa? Yeah. I love her. Okay. absolutely love her. Ayas Tatu is, like, my favorite song, and it's just beautiful, and I like it. Nice. So that's. But if I wake up early in the morning, like if you wake my ass up at 2 a.m., I'm putting... Like to work out or
1: like early to go know, to work? to
0: go to work. Like if I if I get called out and it's early in the morning and I need to like get it going, um, I'll put J. Cole on, I'll put Migos on, you know, I have uh, to get it. Because <laughs> sometimes I got to feel like, damn, you bad bitch, let's go. You have let's to, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> it's just, you know.
1: Do you ever, do you ever, because I know sometimes like, you know, we, we were off off camera, we were talking about how, like, what, what what Juan, what his career is, what my career is, what your career is. It's not typical. No. Do you ever take a step back and, or do you ever forget, like, that your job isn't normal?
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oftentimes reminded, like, from um, friends and family, or my close friends. They'll mm-hmm. do, like, I don't know how you do what you do. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, I'm like, it's. Once again, it's oh, yeah. not normal. You don't want to see a dead body. Like, what's wrong with you? And it's <laughs> right. like, Gabby, no, not in a million years. So I'm like, mm.
1: what's the what's the number one? What's the number one like a uh, red check or just like you know bad thing that you see when when somebody in your position like when people go you know towards the deep end? Do you see a lot of people go and they you know their vices alcohol, their vices drugs like do you see a lot of like the same shit that goes in your field like when like when people are doing what you're doing
0: yeah um alcohol yeah definitely like you get that individual and i'm not judging it is what it is but i get that individual that's like oh i polished two bottles last night and that's like a like daily occurrence and like that's not healthy mm-hmm. um because any crime scene investigator out there or anyone in my field that says oh it doesn't affect me like i'm um, cool you're not cool. Like you can't be, you're a human still. Yeah. You still don't mind seeing this crazy stuff, but you can't be, there's, it has to affect you. So adding alcohol daily to your routine, a lot of it, not good. Um, the other thing, and it's not really like a, uh, something they consume or drugs, drugs. No. Cause if you're doing drugs, you're not gonna be working at the law, home, you yeah. know, police department. Some people do go that route, but they get kicked out. <laughs> I'm assuming you guys get tested. We don't get tested. Okay. (laughs) I'm no. We don't get tested. I mean, I think you can if they 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 suspect suspect it. You can, Um, but something. It's a frame of mind that I've seen people get to, and I think it's dangerous and unhealthy. The frame of mind of like you roll up on a scene. It's a young kid. Maybe he's living a gang life, but he's only 20. He's dead, and they can easily be like, big deal, fuck him. He's a shithead.
1: Uh, I'm like.
0: Mm-mm. that's that is a i feel like that is the most dangerous um dangerous thing that you yeah. could you could start becoming infiltrating your brain it's like a defense mechanism maybe like not giving a shit not giving a yeah. shit i'm like do you truly not give a shit about this person but i feel like that's the most dangerous when i hear that I'm yeah. like, that's not good
2: yeah because they're still they're still people you yeah. know you got to be
0: that's a human yeah that's someone's baby that's someone's father daughter. regardless
2: of what they've been through what they're going through what kind of lifestyle they're living you got to be that's realize a, they're human.
0: That's look, a loss of life. Yeah. Yes.
1: Well, yeah. look, look, I mean, I guess I'm going to, going back on that, let me let me ask you, have you ever had to check yourself going into a crime scene knowing, like, God, this person who's dead killed, you know, killed two people and maybe was going to attack, like, I don't know, call it, call it something crazy, but also you see his mom there crying, like, do you ever have to check yourself and be like, all right, like, this guy's a piece of shit, but he's also... a a, a son of somebody he's also probably somebody's father or have you ever had situations like that
0: i've not so much um and i'm not perfect i don't ever want to assume like oh whatever you know because yeah like you said that person may have just violently killed someone but they do have a mom that's going to be like feeling that same loss because their boy or their daughter just fucked up because I think a lot of young youth don't understand when you have one action, it's just not the individual that you hurt. It's this ripple effect. You affected your whole family. You affected their whole family now. So yeah, you see the pain of the parents. I've seen that before and I'm like, Oh, okay. It's not just the suspect. Like there are people grieving on both sides of this now. With that being said, I also see a lot of fucked up parents, unfortunately. And I think no wonder your kid is in this situation or just did what they did. Damn, like yeah. there's, there's a definitely like a domino effect. Domino effect, trauma, lack of love, like they did not come from a loving home and it's very apparent.
1: I want to talk about your last episode <laughs> on your podcast The Wallets Do Talk. Yes. Um and before we get into it, where can people find your podcast at?
0: Definitely. So you can go onto the website at com. Mm-hmm. You can find it on Instagram as well and Spotify. And we're working on getting it on all platforms now. Nice. So wherever you can get your podcast, jump on there and you'll find The Walls Do Talk.
1: I was, I was, the reason why I want to talk about the last episode is because I was doing my research and the last post you posted was a bunch of dildos. <laughs> yes.
2: And I was like, what the fuck is this?
1: <laughs> and then I go, I go, I go to your, to your, to your, uh, to your podcast page and I listen to the episode and I wanted, I wanted to hear about the episode, and more importantly, I wanted to hear about uh, No Tell No Tell Hotel. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to get it. I wanted to hear about this because I thought it was so intriguing, so intriguing. You know,
0: yeah. um, The No Tell Motel, (laughs) she is amazing. I want to see her Uh, prostitute. She was great. She owned it. (laughs) She owned it. You know, and I guess you know you that's her profession, and uh, she was all about it. But yeah, she was. Girl, you didn't know they call this a no-tell motel. I'm like, whoo, no. <laughs> so, how did, so,
1: so did she have sex toys as well?
0: She did. So, what happened with that case is: um, the suspect, she knew the suspect, she was not involved in the homicide at all. Okay. Um, but the suspect might have or thinking put items, like, the suspect was freaking out, threw a bunch of items of theirs in her car without her really knowing, like, what the fuck's going on. She comes to find out, oh, like suspect put their items in my car i'm not involved in this homicide i'm not gonna get caught up um so she contacted law enforcement and said like i don't know if you're looking for me but i have so-and-so's items in my car please feel free to search it and so that was her that was her place of business too though you know she did all her deeds she wouldn't go that was the motel she never got a room she just took her clients right there so searching her car and uh i'm trying to figure out what's hers what's not hers and so i find this bag i open it up i'm like oh shit there was a dildo a vibrator uh a pink handcuffs fuzzy pink handcuffs lingerie like you could see it all right there and i just closed it i was like God "Damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't know at the time that she was a prostitute okay I didn't know she was an interesting character you know she's in the mix of all these other interesting characters so she gotta be interesting too to in some degree And she's like, oh, girl, that's mine. Don't look. You don't want to see in there.
1: (laughs) You also, off camera, told us about you started an internship program for your department.
0: Correct. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had an amazing opportunity and experience with my internship program with San Diego PD. And when I got to this city, the county, I started asking around and none of the other agencies really offered a like strict hands-on internship program, an opportunity for all these young kids that are out here. So I, you know, I drafted up something, presented it to the commander and they were like, sure, go ahead, do it, do it, do what you want. And it was great. They gave me the green light. And so since 2018, me and my partner, Kim, we've established this internship program and we invite kids that are 18 and older that are currently going to school right now, studying in criminal justice or have an interest in forensics we have we give them the opportunity to come join us and they're doing hands-on stuff like we will teach you everything that we know camera dna latent prints and the reward to that is you get to come out to scenes with us you can come out to homicide scenes with us burglary scenes like we get you right no in way it. yeah
1: and also do, mm. does uh like this experience does it count for like any like credits or do any of like uh classes take this like as a experience as well?
0: Yeah, definitely. There's a few colleges out there that are requiring their students to do an internship (laughs) or um do some sort of yeah, get in with an agency to have hands on experience. So we do have a lot of students that come through that are looking um to do it for the semester and it's great. It's it's great. And I can say that one, two, three Three of our um, interns have gone on to get accepted into forensic programs and have wow. even gotten hired um, in the forensic field. So
1: how How would someone, if someone's listening and is actually interested in it, how would they be able to, Uh, rather reach you or reach that department to to apply for that?
0: Yeah, definitely. You would just reach out to Ventura Police Department, call down there and just let them know, I'm interested in doing the crime scene, the CSI internship program. They'll direct you directly to us and uh, we'll get the ball rolling from there. Yeah, there's an application that we send out. They fill it out, see if they qualify, You know, go over the minimum requirements and then we go from there. But yeah, we're open. We have... We don't have any interns at the moment. And so we are actually, we are looking for interns. We want, um, we want them to work on our cold case homicides. We want them to start helping out at crime scenes. So we're eager for them. That'd be sick.
1: (laughs) That'd be super sick.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's the internship program that I experienced um, in my college years, it was all hands-on. So when I got to the point where I was ready to start applying for real jobs, I would go to the interview panel, and it—I was there with like 200 other applicants, but the difference was I wasn't only just book smart; I actually had field experience. I just didn't get paid for it. So I really believe by having this internship program, it really puts our interns one step above the rest because they can hit the ground running when an agency is looking to hire them. They're like, "Oh yeah, I've looked for fingerprints. I know how to collect DNA. I know how to do photography. I know how a homicide scene works." Like. They're pretty, they're always, um, agencies are always impressed when, in, when an individual comes in with actual hands-on experience. It's so. amazing.
1: So you work here in Ventura. How long have you been working here for now?
0: Just over five years.
1: And it's how many of you?
0: Two. Just two of us that run the crime scene unit.
1: And it's, 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 uh, you and my partner, your, Kim, your partner, Kim, two women.
0: Two women. Yeah. Yeah. How, uh,
1: how do the men take it?
0: You know, they're really receptive. Our department's great. It's mm-hmm. progressive. We have a lot of female presence there already, <laughs> but it was funny. My Sergeant, uh, when I started at mm-hmm. the time, um, I think it was like six months when I came up for my evaluation. He's like, I just want to say that we are so happy and thank fucking God that you and Kim get along because he's like, we didn't know who you were. You guys didn't know each other. You're both coming with a lot of experience, and we just prayed to God that you two would get along, like two strong females coming into yeah a unit, figuring out how it's going to be ran. Because they really started from the like from scratch. They said, "Here, we don't know what you do or need, but run the show. You're the expert." So it was, it was great.
1: And, and was Kim there before you, or she got there
0: like a month before me? So we're both. Oh, so, brand the, new. so the
1: department was brand new.
0: Yeah. So they always had sworn individual. Um, well, not always, but before us, they had a sworn officer doing the crime scene investigation. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: What do you think? What What made them change? Change direction?
0: Yeah, they saw they want they want to be progressive. They want they recognize that hey, we need to have trained professionals, people that study and want to do this. Yeah. Um, to help solve our crimes. So. Jeez. Yeah, it was good, but yeah, we <laughs> he's like, thank God you guys got along. That was what they were most worried about.
1: Do you ever wonder? Where you think you got your skills from? Like, do you ever think like, man, I probably like, I got this
0: from my mom or got this from my
1: uncle or, you know, or no.
0: So my humor and my wit, my dad. Okay. But I think my observations, you know, my mom, um, but my dad's pretty observant too. Like the way he just sits back, looks at things and he'll say, Hey, check that out. So maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. I definitely have to give props to my mom because. It's a female-dominated thing. Those genes from my mom got passed through to me. The detail, observation, taking your time, being meticulous.
2: Yeah, dad's got tunnel vision. Oh sure. yeah. yeah, they're like, Ugh. like where's this in the fridge? And it's like, it's right there. That's right. It's yeah, right right. There. amen for that. I'm
1: like, oh. With your skills, do you ever, do you ever, uh, do you ever use them outside of work, not at home, but like, have you ever used your skills like? your girlfriends or with your or with your buddies or something and they're like hey like i have suspicion my man's cheating can you help me out like they know who to call yeah, i'm just saying it's true
0: um i you yeah, have you haven't have you i have n- not to the degree like we're going to go hunt him and <laughs> <in fire laughs> that this motherfucker right. is cheating no but dating like they'll be like, oh, I met this guy online, and I'm like, well, did you look him up? Well, well, no. I'm like, did you run his address? Did you run his phone number? And they're like, no. I'm like, here, let's do this really quick. I'm like, okay, we have a Cynthia. She's liked his pictures like five times, and she called him a chulo. So let's let's check out <laughs> yeah. why Cynthia thinks he's so cute. You you know, just going down that. I'm like, well, it, stuff like that that they don't think of. Yeah, I've helped out with that. I'm like, give me a second. I'll get right back to you. And I'm. You know, I'm not doing anything illegal. It's Google. Exactly. Um, but, you know, in college, I remember I was interning, but I'm still learning the art of investigation and different things, picking up stuff from detectives. And, um, you know, she's like, I don't know. He just said he got home and but he, he wasn't home. He wasn't answering his phone. I'm like, go check his car. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, go touch his hood. I'm like, if he said he's been driving for the past 20 minutes and he just got home, the hood should be hot. She's like, that shit is ice cold. I'm like, bullshit. He's been home the whole time. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So, you know, just little tips, little tips of the the trade, but never like full blown stalker weird, you know, Yeah. I always tell females out there, uh, I think they most can attest to it. Trust your gut instinct. You don't need an investigator to know if some things are going on. Trust it. You know, that's
2: it. Do you have a favorite piece of evidence to collect or do you have hidden like something you look for that you like to look for when you go to a scene? Blood. Blood. I
0: love yeah. it because um, blood, yeah. I mean, the fingerprints, like that's, you know, we're thinking, okay, there going to be fingerprints. But you're just looking for that one little tiny drop, like not homicides, but common stuff we've all experienced um, and seen, you know, a restaurant gets broken into or a, a home or a car, the window gets smashed. People always assume like, Oh I'm just going to walk on through well, That glass is really sharp 90% of the time They nick themselves Like a tiny little drop On you know Their finger Or a nick on their finger Will bleed And they're touching things And yeah. I like to search for it If I find blood I get so excited Jeez, when it's like a bloodbath You're like okay I expect that But when it's just a little drop You're like yeah I feel like a bloodhound
1: <laughs> <laughs> R- Random question um, Out of all the movies That have been made which Which movie Can you at least say Like alright This is somewhat What I do Or can be compared To what I do or is there not?
0: You know, uh, movie, movie, movie. Let me think. I, no. Like Dexter. Uh. I can't do Dexter, but I can do TV series. I'm uh-huh. trying to think of what's most relevant. Um, It's kind of it's kind of similar to what I do. It's great television. Yeah. Um, but sorry, but not movie, but First 48 on A&E. If you've ever watched mm-hmm. that. No. So for all my true crime lovers out there, if you really want to understand like what it feels like to kick off an investigation because the first 48 hours it's true are the most important. That's where you have all your evidence. Like suspects are still nearby. They still might be wearing the clothing, have the gun, have the weapon, have the vehicle with them. Uh, the body's fresh evidence hasn't been lost yet. Like that is a true depiction of what it's like.
1: Do you have like right now it's the holidays, right? So I'm assuming, um, I think we talked about it off camera it, right now. It's like burglaries, right? Yes. So, just like the seasons, does every season have its own like? All right, it, it's spring. It's mm-hmm. about to be homicides. You know, it's about to, you know, it's summer. it's going to be I don't know.
0: Yeah,
2: Halloween. I feel like people get away with a lot. Yeah. They would. They should. Right. <laughs> if there <laughs>
0: um yeah. So okay, unfortunately, like holidays, burglaries, because people are thinking people are a gone, or there's a lot of goodies in the house, there's yep. presents being bought, but also emotions run high, right? Unfortunately, like Christmas, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, it brings up emotions. Um, and we also have a lot of families gathering and you put alcohol in the mix, shit pops off, unfortunately. Of so we will get a lot of domestics, we'll get shootings, stabbings, stuff like that. We do get homicides. Um so Holiday time, suicide, homicide, domestics, burglaries of gifts. Yes. Um, summertime, everybody is out. Like the clothing comes off, the bars are open. So there's a lot of bar fights, divings, and that because alcohol, once mm-hmm. again, alcohol, a lot of times, common denominator. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's just right now, winter, it's a little bit, and I'll say slow, but it's cold, man. People want to be out. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, summertime, things kick off. Has, mm. have,
1: have a lot of things changed from last year to this year, meaning from when COVID was super high to to now?
0: Yes. So first kickoff of COVID, everybody's freaked out. Like everybody from the hustler to your grandma, like nobody wants to go out. So they're like, we are not robbing and stealing. And then stores were closed. There's no money being, there's no money exchanged. There's no yeah. money located in these stores. So there's no reason to break into them in the middle of the night. Robbery, same thing. Nobody's out. Um, as... As we're in the new phase of COVID, people are a little bit more comfortable that people are out conducting their daily lives, but everyone's masked up. So if you get someone with a bandana like around their face entering a, a liquor store or a bank, no one's going to take a second or gloves on. They're not going to take a second like stare like, oh, that's right. weird. Yeah, no, yeah. it's common. So we've been getting a lot of robberies because people are all covered up. So Makes sense. they're, you know, yeah, in disguise. But
1: I mean, yeah, but they're also like obeying the law which is annoying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't like, why are you wearing a bandana of your face? Exactly. Like it's not shady. It's just normal. And then, you know, give me your money. Oh shit. Okay. So,
1: so after all these years doing this for, you said over 20 now, 12, 12 after doing over 12, what made you finally decide to now start like putting your stories out there and, and start started a podcast.
0: Right. um, me and a really good friend of mine, we were like, okay, we've been doing crime scene investigation for a long time. What is next? Like, I don't want to be getting called out at two in the morning when I'm 50. Like, no, thank you. Yeah. So what's next? Like, you always want to evolve in your career, right? You, you always want to grow. And we thought, let's start sharing our knowledge. Um, let's start sharing our knowledge with younger generations, with people wanting to get into this field. Let's start public speaking. COVID hit, that got shut down. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, shit, we got a lot of stories to tell and everyone wants to hear them. And I love being creative in that sense. Let's do a podcast. So that's what kicked off uh, the podcast. Dang. Yeah, and so I, I want to be able to, and I feel like I'm at a place now in my career where I have, um, the clout is the wrong word. Um, like traction, maybe? Traction, or it's like, I'm doing it justice now. Yeah. Like I'm at a point where I've seen a lot, I know a lot, and I'm at a point where I can share and it's, it's, it's
1: not like, a and it's a question that, we, that I usually ask too, is like, like imposter syndrome. Like you kind of like, do you almost like you feel established? Yes. That's mm.
0: yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can do this justice yeah. when I speak on it. It's because I've seen it. I've lived it and I can share my knowledge and did, my stories with you.
1: Did you ever doubt yourself? Like were you like kind of like talking about when you had your first, uh, like your first case, did you ever think like, I shouldn't be here? This isn't what I'm made out to be i'm i'm you know fake it till you make it like did you ever feel like fuck i like i'm yeah i shouldn't i shouldn't be doing this
0: right um never in the beginning i did because i'm like wh- i don't know like i don't i'm gonna mess up like i i haven't been doing this long enough like i can't handle this homicide don't give it to me um that you never get you know not to get out there you sink or swim you're yeah. gonna do it and you're gonna mess up and that's okay but you work in a team so if you don't see it, hopefully your teammate sees it and that will help you along the way. But yeah, definitely like having a little bit of doubt. But I had the passion always. So I knew I wasn't still on the right path.
1: Have you ever had a big fuck up?
0: Gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to <laughs> me, it was a big fuck up. But um, yeah, I was it was a homicide scene. Packaged all my evidence. Uh, I get oh two big fuck ups. Um Got back to the um, to the office laying everything out and I'm like oh this envelope like I didn't put anything in this envelope it's empty so I had put a tag on it for whatever reason but I was like oh so I decided to shred it why instead of just throwing it in the freaking recycle i'm like oh, i'm gonna shred it i shredded it and then i see it go through the shutter and there was a receipt in there it was a re- <gasps> from our victim's pocket oh, and i was shit. like oh fuck and so i grab all 20 pieces and i'm trying to put them together, together. Yeah, can you, you take don't you guys
1: have a department that does like the i think of bad boys <laughs> or something you know like i like put it back together yeah
0: essentially they could but i was like oh so i just went to de- detective. i was like i fucked up and he's like Oh, what'd you do? And I was like, I shredded a receipt. He's like, Oh, Gabby, it's okay. Do you photograph it? I'm like, Yeah. He's like, Oh, you're fine. Oh, go home.
1: And I was oh, like, Oh, damn. You know, so, yeah, yeah. but I mean,
0: still, that's a fuck up. It's a piece of evidence that I destroyed. Um,
1: oh, because technically you can like Photoshop or do whatever on your phone. Or,
0: yeah, like, you know, but it was like, I had it documented. You always document with a photo. I had it documented, but the physical piece of evidence was gone. Like, that's it. It's gone. Jeez. So, you know, it was a big fuck, but it's, you know, what it's a the, fuck up. What was the second one? Uh, second one not really too bad, but funny. Um, I was pregnant with my first daughter. I was, I was brand new at that department still. And so I wasn't comfortable saying like, I'm as big as a house. I'm not comfortable anymore. I don't want to be in the field. So I just pushed through Like I worked all the way through my pregnancy and I was huge. And I'm processing this lady's car got broken into and I found a fingerprint on the car and I'm like, Oh, we have a fingerprint right here. It's, it's beautiful. And she's like, all right. And I turned to collect it to grab my stuff. And my stomach just hit it, washed it <laughs> away it on the, the car. No <laughs> I way. You know, it's, not, it's not that big part, But it's like, you know, she's like, oh, I'm like, I'm sorry. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. I don't want to fucking be here pregnant anymore. No way. <laughs> but other than that, no, like, shoulda, woulda, coulda, staying there, waking, you know, staying up in the middle of the night, staring at my ceiling, like. I should have processed that handrail or I didn't look under that couch cushion. Like I should have done that. Yeah. That happens a lot, but never like too big of a fuck up.
1: (laughs) What are three, what are three pieces of advice that you would give to um, a young girl trying to make it into your world?
0: All right. Go to college. Like you have to go get a degree in science. Um, I did criminal justice, but I always recommend people now go get a degree in science. Um, it opens more doors for you. You can do crime scene investigation. You can do ballistics. You can do toxicology and you'll get paid more money. That's Mm -hmm. what I say. Um, second, don't stop. Like, uh, don't ever stop your schooling. Don't take a break if you can, because it's a long haul. The years go by fast, but you, you have, you're probably looking at like five to six, seven years of schooling and, um, interning and all that. Mm -hmm. My last piece of advice for young individuals wanting to get into this, like, your actions will follow you. So um, I know you're young, experimenting, but like we've had so many applicants be like, I smoked weed like two, two weeks ago. Is that okay? It's legal now. I'm like, yeah, it's legal, but it's still not, it's illegal on our end, and law enforcement end. So I always say like party, but you know, be smart. Mm. Don't experiment with drugs. Just be smart in your decision-making because it may bite you in the ass three years from now when you decide like i want to do crime scene investigation but i want to work for the dea or the fbi like just stay away from it still have your fun but start thinking of your future young and the decisions and the people and the path you go down it's going to affect true it's going to affect your career if you want to get into law enforcement other stuff go for it (laughs) you know (laughs) do your stuff but law enforcement it's you know very strict you got to walk a fine line yeah and just stay away from it i was lucky
1: when do we? Uh, when do we? When do we expect a uh, a book? I feel like you. I feel like I feel like you have a book coming out or something, or maybe that's in your mind or something.
0: It definitely is in my mind. I have so many stories that I still want to share with people and insight just about life and crime scene and death, and I want to make people laugh. And so maybe in the next couple of years, yeah. I'm still trying to balance like full time working. I'm trying to full time podcast, full time mom, and you know getting all that. Yeah, finding that balance still. So. I'm yeah.
1: sure that's uh, you got a lot going on.
0: I gotta, I love to talk. I gotta get better at expressing myself on paper though. <laughs> <laughs> just
1: find out what is it? Just a uh, ghostwriter? Ghostwriter. Ghost yeah.
0: Easy. If you guys know of any yeah. ghostwriters, anybody out there that wants to help me write a book, I'm open. I'll just talk all day and you write.
1: <laughs> right. That's, that's easy. What, um, these are like the typical questions that, that I ask at the end. One of them, another one is, uh, if let's just say, you know, a hundred years down the line, right? And every, obviously everybody knows you're a crime scene investigator, but also everything else. Mom, daughter, wife, etc. When they talk about you, it's going to say Gabrielle was this, this, this type of person.
0: Gosh, I, Gabrielle was compassionate. She loved everyone. And she wanted to support the youth as much as possible. I love children. I, um, I, I really believe in, especially with my job. I see, I see a lot, and I see where their need, like, who needs the help, and who can use the guidance, and how can I contribute to society, and how can I make a difference, and it's um, providing kids with the best opportunities possible.
1: Nice. And that she loved food. And that they should love food?
0: And that she loves food. That's oh, yeah. I want them to know. <laughs> What's your favorite food? I love seafood. Marisco's like that. Except, nice. uh, Except for seafood <laughs> and gelatin. Yeah, those that two will food. never go back together. <laughs> never again. <laughs> right here in the back of the throat. That's okay. so funny.
2: Yeah. Um, and then finally, my last... Or, no, I, Honestly, I forgot the last one. Okay. I, rem- I know you always ask these three, but you took the two that I knew, and I was like, fuck, <laughs> I don't remember the last one.
1: <laughs> the last one is this. The last one is... If you were able to go back to that little girl who wanted to uh, you know, dig up her cat yeah. after you asked that awkward question to your mom and you go and you tell her, hey, this piece of advice, what would
2: it be? Go be dig more up the
0: cat. Con- Be more convincing. Tell your mom <laughs> you want to dig up the cat. And if she still says no, tell your grandma that you're just going to be in the backyard for a bit. Go. <laughs> go do it yourself. Yeah, don't ever, I would tell her, if you have any Unique, weird, funky thoughts, desires, creativity, don't ever shy away from it. Just do it.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's how you end it right there. For real. Uh, All right, kids, go dig up your cats. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you. Um, Everybody, that's a wrap. Thank you once again. Gabrielle, you've been an amazing guest. Juan, you've been an amazing co host. Thank you always to our sponsor, Persistence Culture Media. And everybody, thank you for tuning in. uh, keep subscribing. Keep looking us up. And most importantly, where can everybody reach you at?
0: You can find me at com and on Instagram at podcast.
1: I love it. Sick. Everybody, appreciate you. Until next time, peace. Bye.